0: So we have in the act of doing a mitzvah two ways that we're bound up with God. The soul itself and the power of its action, bound up like body, metaphorically, like body and soul are bound up together and united. So it's a union of the soul with the divine, with God. And then there's the actual physical limbs of the individual bound up. And united one with God, metaphorically, like the rider controls and is the chariot that that the rider is uh, riding. It is subjugated in one sort of not not one in in a, in, a, in a complete unity, but there's a union, there's a unity there, right? That the the horse that is being driven, ridden, is following the dictates of its uh, rider. So there's a unity there. We go further now. And that is to a greater union. And, and the ultimate union that can be achieved. And that is in thought and meditation. In the words of Torah, as we are engaged right now, which is of course accomplished in the brain, also with the power of speech that we express the words of Torah. So this is as opposed to action, which is the third level of the garments of the soul, the more removed garment of the soul because an action is outside of you. Thought and speech is more inner garments of the soul And therefore, the divine soul itself, when it's enclosed in the thought and the speech as engaged right now in Torah study, they become fused with a perfect unity and oneness with the divine will with God. Not merely like a vehicle, like a chariot, or not even like body and soul that are united with God through the act of a mitzvah, but a perfect unity, because think about it for a moment. The metaphor that we gave of the union that the soul has with God through the act of doing a physical action of a mitzvah, like giving charity, that union is body and soul. Well, it's a great union. However, body and soul are not truly fused together as one because the body comes from one place and the soul comes from another place. They come together and fuse together and they are united together, but they're not inherently <laughs> united as one. Not at all. Why not? Like Again, <laughs> the body is nourished through food and drink. The soul, it's not nourished through food and drink. It doesn't come from the same place as the body. They fuse together as one, but they are inherently not one. They're joined together merely. So perfect unity, then, the alternative views, as a metaphor, is actually the soul, and it's the powers of the soul, the 10, uh, the ten uh, powers of the soul, you know, the intelligence and the emotions of the soul. They're not two things that come together like body and soul, and fuse together and join together. They are together inherently. There's the essence of the soul, and then there's the power of the soul. Well, the power of the soul comes from the soul. The soul from, it, from the essence of the soul emerges the powers of the soul. So they're inherently one. So... love. That's the metaphor, so let's understand. Well, how does that play out over here? The divine will is identical with the, the halachic subject, for example, the, the, the law of Torah that one studies, or the wisdom of the Torah that one studies, because it's an inexpres- inner expression of the divine will itself. But what does it mean, the inner expression of the divine will? Because when the, divi- the divine will wants, it says that this is kosher and this is not kosher. This is valid and this is invalid. In other words, like the divine will is that tefillin, right? should be between the eyes, not on the forehead, but between the eyes. That's the divine will, right? Then if it's on the side over here, the, the, the in the box, it's not, it's invalid in here. It's valid. You fulfill the commandment, right? Or, you know, when the law is in such and such a, um, you know, litigants come and this is what the law is, that this person is innocent and this person is liable, you know, needs to pay, for example, that is an expression of the divine will itself. Similarly, the Torah, right? Five books of Moses, the uh, prophets, and the holy writings, they are also an expression of the divine will and wisdom of God and united with, and a perfect unity and one with God. As we know, the God, He is the Knower, the Knowledge, and the Known. It's His divine wisdom, and it's perfectly bound up with Him. So when you study Torah, you're united with the divine will and wisdom with an absolute Absolutely one with God himself. So, this is what is meant by the statement that the Torah and God are absolutely one. They're not merely like organs of the king, as mitzvahs are, but they are the will and wisdom of the king. is much more deeper unity. Let's take this apart and understand this idea. We're studying Torah right now. It is the most divine union that there can be. Nothing greater than what we're doing right now in the study of Torah. When we do a physical act of the mitzvah, we are... Well, let's let's give in different terms. When we um, do what, when we do the will of God, God wants me to do this and not that. He wants me to uh, put on my tefillin to give charity. He doesn't want me to, uh, you know. Um, excuse me. That's what he wants. Uh, it's being the, and, and the positive, right? So what I'm doing is what he wants me to do, which is a union through that act of what I'm doing. So when I'm putting Tefillin on, it's on me, but it's not in me. When I study Torah, on the other hand, I'm not just fulfilling the will of God. The Torah that I'm studying is an expression of his will and wisdom. It's an expression of him. Not just what he wants me to do. That's what a mitzvah is. That's why the union is of a lesser union. But when I'm studying his Torah, it is an expression of him. His will and wisdom that are bound up with him and totally one with him. It's a much more deeper, profound idea. And, th- and therefore, that Torah that I'm learning, that wisdom and is now in me. How is it in me? Because it's in my brain. It's absorbed in me and a part of me. Hence, the union is a much more profound, deeper union. Hence, folks, we need to do mitzvahs, of course. But every time we come to learn Tanya, I suggest that we think about this before we study. Because we might be coming for different reasons. Some people are coming for this self-help, that it's helping their lives to um, you know, better in their relationships to better their mundane, you know, ho-hum of a day. This is, you know, uplifting. This is giving meaning to my life. And all of that is wonderful. But in a way, it's missing the point, the deeper point. All of those things are true, and we should appreciate, based on that, absolutely, that we should, no doubt, Appreciate it, but don't make it, that's what it is. Therefore, before we come to learn every day, think for a moment, or as long as you can. I am about to study Torah that's going to create with me a union with God to such a degree, or metaphorically, um, it's like the soul the essence of the soul, with the powers of the soul. There's no, you you can't separate that. Body and soul you can separate. They came from different places, and after 120, the soul goes up, and and the body goes into the ground. Because they're not inherently one. But through Torah study, we become such a deep union and oneness with God. that it's a, called a perfect unity. And that's what we should think of before we come to study. That doesn't take away from how that will help you during your day, how it will be uplifting. On the contrary, it'll be even more uplifting because now you're touching the core and essence of what it is, a oneness with God. And hopefully that you know through the learning that what happens is is that's actually what you want and seek. More than you seek the self-help, how it's going to help you feel more spiritual, feel more accomplished, uh, have better relationships. That will all be an outgrowth of the essence of what this is, and that is a union with God. That's what Torah is. And of course, the mitzvahs too. The mitzvahs being, as we explained, a union and oneness with God on a, you know, when we say lesser level, you know, it's still a unity and a oneness. It's just not as deep and as profound. So this is a strong suggestion I make that we do implement this into our lives um it will be greatly beneficial. Okay. It yeah. is time. It is that time. For questions, comments, thoughts, sharing. Okay. Or I lose the feed on Facebook. Let me see what questions we have here. We have from Davida: Was the union complete when we received Torah and Mitzvahs on such a spiritual high and Harsinai? Absolutely. Except people didn't weren't aware of it until the Alter taught it to us in the you know in the profundity that we are learning here today. Andrew, when we study Torah, do the thoughts, words, speech, and soul connect to God? So, yeah, that's what we're explaining. Our thoughts, our words that we express, right, in speech uh, of the the soul are connected with God. Absolutely. Yeah. John. So, through Torah study and the performance of minutes, we achieve the union of the inner and outer garments, thought, speech, and action, which causes supernal holiness to descend upon us. Very well said. Thank you, John. Excellent. Uh, David, how does this relate to do, being bound together with Klal Yisrael of the Jewish people, as one entity? Um, well, because the each and everybody in Klal Yisrael has this capacity to achieve, so we all do that. This is speaking more on an individual level. Um, we we will get to there, Davida. Excellent question. We will get there. Um, eh, several more chapters about that un- unity that you are making reference to, and we'll see how it ties in as we move along. Right now, this is just about me as an individual, how I am uh, bound up with God. Right. That that's. Yeah. You know, that and. Just to remember the context over here. We have a a a cognitive dissonance. God created the world in a way that instinctually I feel me, I feel independent, I feel separate from my source in the divine. Right. That's I experience me, I don't experience the divine naturally. That comes through Avada, that comes through working on ourselves, that we can get there. How do we work on ourselves? This is the point over here. God gives us a mechanism that we can feel a union in him and bound up with him. That, how? Because he has the inner will of what he really wants, right? as opposed to the outer will. The outer will is a means to an end. It's not really what he wants. So, to be bound up with him, so for example, and excuse this, but if you go around, um, you know, uh, if you go around, um, you know, um, trying to save the world from whatever, and it's because it's important to you, You know, to save... I don't even go into what? Okay? That's not the inner will of God. It's not one of the 613 commandments. It is an outer will. It's a means to an end. But that's not how you derive a union and a oneness with God. That's dealing with the outer will, which the outer will is just a means to an end. And actually, it's klipa, ultimately. It's a shell that's covering over the real truth. So you might think that, you know, I'm going to, you know, save the world from whatever. And it has nothing to do with with a mitzvah that God particularly says so. Right? And, you know, everybody can try to... Uh, massage things and do things, you know. Oh well, doesn't it say that that that? And therefore, and therefore, we all have to make that therefore. No, no, that's you're therefore, and not God's therefore, right? And and so God's telling us, don't get, don't engage in that. You want to touch me? You want to have a connection to me? Well, it's to my inner will. What I really want? What's my inner will? Torah mitzvahs, they're bound up in one with me. Now, when you do Torah mitzvahs, then you'll be bound up and one with me. Anything else that you do, okay, as they say, at your own risk. <laughs> at your own risk, because it's, in fact, you no. Know, in the end, you're doing your thing, not my thing that I really want. So that's important that we can appreciate that. And that that doesn't mean that there aren't other things that have value and that therefore we should be in you know involved in it in perhaps yes. I'm not I, I'm not um dismissing it. I'm just putting it into proper context and proper appreciation that those things maybe you are doing what god wants and maybe maybe not maybe actually not by the fact that they're only a means to an end right so sometimes we need to do it like like we need to go to work it's a means to an end because we have to take care of our family right we got to run after the bus right for those who remember that got to do it because we got to get somewhere to ultimately get to the inner will. So, likewise, our day may be in, involved in many things that are a means to an end, but recognize that that's not really the profound connection. Profound connection is going to come when you engage in the inner will of what God wants, and that's the mitzvah, and that's the Torah study. So when we think about that, ooh, does that really change things really changes you know perspective gives us different healthy perspective on life um Laurie has a question does developing the union between holiness into the into this dark world does developing this union bring holiness into this dark Absolutely! Because we're bringing ho- we're bringing a union to our soul from there that will bring light into the world. Yes, absolutely, Laurie. Correct um, Why? Not the mitzvahs the change in how we perceive. I'm not, I'm not sure, Paolo, what your question is. I, I don't understand it. Sorry. Rob has a question. When Moshe received the Torah, then it's in between him and God directly or between go- Moses and God indirectly means through the angelic things. No. No, no, it's... Maisha is our teacher, so he is the one who's giving us the teachings. And, and yes, that's true. Okay, uh, let me just... Instagram, I don't see anything. Reminded today, Rambam at one thirty to join us. And also... Uh, oops. Um... So eleven thirty with Rabbi Mendy. Join us, uh, Eliana. Please share with us. Hi, good morning. Um, just good good a quick question. I'm reading a book called The Garments of the Soul by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and I had a couple uh, questions that are, you know, kind of inter-all connected with what we're studying now because he actually does reference quite a bit of the tanya here um but wondering how how does this relate to the experience in the garden after they um ate of the tree because we know that they made garments for themselves um and then we know that hashem made garments for them and you know the the language there says that he made garments of or um spelled i am involved um, race versus an olive so how does how does all that connect what are these garments you know what are these garments are, are they you know thoughts actually when we talk about them as thought actions and deeds what are these garments representing in the um in in the garden Eden? in the garden of Eden okay so it's um it's representing as garments represent of the soul garments our self-expression, right? They they bring an expression to the individual, right? Um, and uh, so the expression of the soul is thought, speech, and action. So where did they um, where did they mess up? They didn't mess up because they didn't have a love of God. I mean, they had a love of God, but they messed up in their behavior of thought, speech, and action, right? And... Uh, faulty thought speech you know uh, Chava Eve added more an extra oh you're not allowed to touch the tree God didn't say you're not allowed to touch the tree so you're not allowed to eat from the tree of its fruit but she added in speech there was already the beginning of a downfall and, uh, in her, um, and then action eating from it so they did tshuva they did penitence They made garments to cover their nakedness, their nakedness of lack of fulfillment of the mitzvah. So they covered themselves with garments, right, in order to fix that which they um, failed in, which was the garments of self-expression of the soul. That's in brief. Okay. Very good. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Excellent. That was actually a found idea. Um, Okay. I think that's it. All right, folks, to be continued. We're not finished. We will continue our conversation, God willing, tomorrow. Uh, a reminder, tonight, 6.30, Parsha class on Zoom, 770, 770. By 770, by the way, is, you know, World Headquarters of Chabad. And 6085 just happens to be my home address. so <laughs> That's why I use 6085. So 770, 770, 6085. Uh, David, if you can put that up. On both, and I believe I put it up on Instagram that you can come and join for the partial class tonight, at six o'clock, six thirty rather. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, worthwhile coming. Or you can you can't get it. Um, you can get it on on. Well, it could be today. It's going to be on YouTube instead of Facebook. We'll see. In any case, definitely worthwhile coming. I'm Rabbi Ronnie Fine, coming to you with Chabad Zichr, and Kadesh Metro Canada. It's a privilege and a pleasure to share with you, Tanya. Have a wonderful day. Thank you all for joining.